Um, this summer, we are actually right now, we're at, towards the end of a summer message series that we're calling uh, Grow. All summer long, we've been talking about some of the different aspects of our faith journey. You know, our walk with Christ, the Christian life, is a journey. And because it's a journey, um, God's desire for all of our lives is that we would grow in our relationship with Jesus and that we would grow and how we represent Jesus to the rest of the world uh, along the way. It is a journey. Today we're going to talk about another important aspect of our faith journey. And that is that uh, in Christ, we're called to share our faith with others. Um, now this theme, it's kind of reoccurring all throughout the day. And it wasn't really meant to be that way. But God often shows up and does amazing things. You know, we've got the Gideons here today just sharing about this amazing uh, Bible ministry of sharing the Word of God uh, locally and around the world. Um, Bruce shared a couple things in his uh, devotional this morning in, in our time of offering and, and communion. And uh, we really didn't talk beforehand. And I just, I really believe that God has got an awesome word for his church this morning. You know, when you decide to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus with your life, it's a life-changing, eternal decision. And when we read God's word, we learn that um, God's mission from the very beginning was to provide a way um, for every person to know about his love and to know Jesus in an intimate and personal way. But the truth is that there's still a lot of people in our circle of influence, in our place of work, in our families that don't know about Jesus and don't know Jesus intimately. They, they don't know about the grace and forgiveness that's available through Christ. So what I want to talk about today is how you and I have the privilege but also the responsibility of sharing the good news that, you, that we've received with other people. And just like prayer, reading God's word regularly, and walking together in life, all of these things are important aspects of our faith journey. They're important aspects of our spiritual growth. I believe that scripture teaches that learning to share our faith with other people is part of the, the faith journey as well. You know, I remember hearing about why it's important to share our faith with others early on in my Christian walk. I believe I was, I was a new believer. I was probably uh, sixth or seventh grade at the time. And uh, the youth pastor that we had, he decided to play a game with the youth ministry. Now, we're not going to play a game again this morning. We did that a couple weeks ago. But th this game was, uh, really had the purpose of illustrating the importance of individually sharing our faith with other people. This game was designed to encourage us to find ways to help our peers or our friends um, see the truth that we could now see in Jesus. So the game went like this. I thought it was great. Uh, so first, every single student in the gr group was given a blindfold, a piece of paper, and a pencil. You can see why we're not going to do that this morning. That would just be kind of crazy. But we'd set the paper and the pencil in front of us, and then uh, the youth pastor told us to put the blindfold on. And once it was on, uh, we had to pick up the pencil, and we were instructed to uh, try to draw any animal that we could think of on the piece of paper, again, with the blindfold still on. When we were done, uh, we were asked to circle the animal and then write our name in the top right-hand corner of the page. After we did this, everyone was able to take off the blindfold, and then we were asked uh, to describe what it is that we were trying to draw. We had to describe the picture to the rest of the group. Now, as you can imagine... This was hilarious. All right, this didn't turn out well because we found that everyone's picture looked different 
differently than what they were trying to describe because they had this blindfold on. Even the artists in the group, and you know, you grow up and, and you have friends who are great artists, and I've never been a good artist. I've always had friends that could draw really well, and I'm just kind of envious of it because it's such a cool talent. It's such a cool gift. But even the artists in the group, their picture looked like something a two-year-old drew. I mean, it just wasn't good. So after everyone had an opportunity to share um, the picture that they drew and what it was supposed to be, and we had a, a laugh, you know, around the group, we were asked this question. The, pa- the youth pastor asked the group, what would the most challenging aspect uh, be of being blind? And he went around the group, and we all had an opportunity to share. And then he asked this question to the group, who was it in your life that helped you first see uh, the truth about Jesus. And the, and the lesson was simple that day, that, and that is that, that physical blindness certainly comes with its challenges, but an even worse condition is spiritual blindness. That's what people experience every single day when they're outside of a saving relationship with Jesus. They, they don't know who he is or what kind of difference that he makes in a life. And as Christians, we, we have the awesome privilege, but also the responsibility of helping other people know about Jesus and helping them see, for the first time, the hope that's found in Christ. It's part of the mission that God's given us as individuals and the mission that he's given us as a church. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 11 through 21. I'm going to read this in context, and then we're going to go back and look at three or four verses individually that will really bring home the point of today's message. So we're going to have the scripture on the screen. You're also welcome to use your your smartphone or your tablet, and we have Bibles in the back of the room as well. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 11. Says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, listen to these words, we work hard to persuade others. God knows that we're sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us so that you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. We're not going to really touch on this part today. But man, how timely is that for our culture? I mean, I think we're surrounded by uh, groups that want to have a spectacular ministry instead of having a sincere heart. And Paul's speaking directly to this. So he says, if it seems like we're crazy, Christians can seem a little crazy at times. He says, it's to bring glory to God. And if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. He, He says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that We've all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. We continue in verse 16. It says, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. And this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And this this second part right here, this is going to be the bulk of the text today. This is what we're going to look at a little bit more in depth. And it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us, listen to this, this task of reconciling people to him. 
For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And everyone said, amen. The apostle Paul wrote two letters to the Christians who were living in Corinth. Some people believe that there were more than that and that maybe somewhere along the way they were lost. Um, I believe that God has purposely preserved his word uh, for the church today. And because of that, we have these two letters that were written uh, to this church. This group of Jesus followers, they had struggled in the past with things like idolatry, immorality, and, and false teaching. But we have reason to believe that now in 2 Corinthians that they're on the right path. That they're, they're growing in faith. They're following Jesus. Uh, some of them, not so much, but for the most part. And Paul reminds them of, about God's truth, but he also takes time to remind this, this body of believers and defend himself against false teachers who were saying just untrue things about Paul and his ministry. So Paul, he passionately reminds this group about the source of our faith and also the role that Jesus calls us to have in this world. He makes it crystal clear that God worked through Jesus to reconcile us to himself. And now we have the privilege of telling others how they can be reconciled as well. That's kind of a, a, a Bible word, right? Reconcile or reconciliation. And we're going to talk about this word a little more in depth uh, later on in the message. But Paul emphasizes here that all Christians... He's not saying the, the pastor of, of your local congregation. He's not saying just, just your church elders or your ministry team leaders. He's addressing the church. This is a letter that was meant to be read out loud to the church. We read just a small portion of it today. He emphasizes that all Christians are called to be his representatives in a broken world, in a hurting world. And by being ambassadors for Jesus, we point people to Jesus and the free gift of grace that he offers. These are exciting verses to read as a church family this morning because they really do act as a personal job description to the church from Jesus. So what I want to do this morning with the rest of our time is just give us some practical uh, things to take with us. Let's talk more about this awesome opportunity that we have to share Christ with others. If you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to talk about today is this, is that in Christ, you're an ambassador for Jesus. In Christ, you're an ambassador for Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We're going to start kind of at the end and work our way backwards. And we'll see why we do this at the end today. So 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says this. So we are Christ's, and what's the word? Ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You know, most countries have an American embassy that's staffed by an ambassador. In fact, the United States has about 188 ambassador positions, and usually 20 to 40 of those are, are vacant, meaning no, nobody holds those positions. I think right now there's actually 41, is what I read this week. An ambassador is a, is a diplomatic representative from our country that speaks and acts on behalf of our nation. 
Our ambassadors, they speak and act on behalf of our country. And God's word tells us that as Christians, we have the awesome privilege and opportunity, the responsibility of being ambassadors for Jesus. Paul is saying that in Christ, we are now Christ's ambassadors who represent Jesus to the rest of the world. That's what an ambassador is. We represent Jesus. We speak on behalf of Jesus. Not only do we represent Jesus, but we've also been given the responsibility of sharing the gospel, sharing the good news with others. Now, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 17, so the first half of this section of scripture that we read today, Paul is reminding believers about what Jesus has done for us. You know, I, I've heard before one of the greatest reasons that it's so important to be plugged into a local body of believers There's many reasons, but one of the the main reasons is because we're forgetful. And every week we come together and we're reminded about God's goodness. We're reminded about his promises, his grace, and, and the mission that he has for us. And really, that's what these first few verses do. They remind us about what Jesus has done for us. If you look at verse 11, it reminds us that since we since we know Jesus and we understand the responsibility that we've been given, this is actually what should motivate us to share Christ. And then verse 14 says that since we experience God's love in our lives every single day, that should compel us to go where he's calling us to go. Not go where we want to go, but go where he wants us to go. So really, when when Paul's reminding the church about what Jesus has done, I think the takeaway is a couple things. That knowing Jesus, if you know Jesus, that motivates you to share Christ. I think that's a good way to maybe weigh your relationship with Jesus this morning? Are you motivated to share Jesus? The second thing is, is that um, experiencing God's love in our lives is what compels us to go where he's leading us to go. So knowing Jesus should motivate us. Experiencing God's love in our lives compels us. You know, Jesus loves us so much that he went to the cross in our place for our sins. And in doing so, he cleared the way for us to have a personal relationship with him. We know that sin interferes with our relationship with God, but Jesus provides a way to restore that relationship. And now he he wants us to help other people experience the gospel, experience the good news in their own lives. And it is good news, church. Would you agree? Amen? It is good news. It is the best news. And we should be motivated to share that news with others. You know, when I go to a movie that I'm really excited about, what's the first thing I do when I get home? I tell my wife about it. I tell my friends about it. You know, the things that we are motivated by, the things that that we, we love in this world, we share with other people. Are you motivated and, and compelled to share Christ with others today? In Christ, we are ambassadors for Jesus. We represent him to the rest of the world. The second thing I want to talk about today is that you you help reconcile people to Jesus. This is huge. You, you actually, in Christ, you help reconcile people to Jesus. Again, we're kind of working backwards this morning. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, it says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And then hear this, church. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. I want you to think this morning about a time that you had an argument 
or a fight uh, with someone in your life that you're close to. Right? Every person should be able to do this. We're all human. Right? We all have tempers at times. Sometimes we keep it locked up until it just comes out because it's forced. And sometimes we wear our, our emotions on our sleeves. But we've all had arguments and, and fights. And think about for a second what that specific experience was like. Maybe you had one before you came to church this morning. I don't know. And while you're thinking about that, I want to tell you something that you might not have known about me. I'm actually pretty excited to share this with you today. But when I was in middle school and high school, um, I played electric guitar in a band. All right. Now, this wasn't the the school band. All right. This was a metal band. And I I looked for a picture this week. So when you leave church today, all right, and maybe you're having lunch with some friends and they're asking about your church or you talk to one of your peers, you're like, hey, you should come to my church. You know why? Because our pastor used to be in a metal band. (laughs) You know, that... That, that might scare him away, too. Who knows? I, I really did try to find some photos this week, and I just couldn't because I think that would have been so cool. But in, in, in our band, I, I usually got along with the other guys pretty well. But when it came to writing music and deciding who was going to play what part, kind of what our role was going to be, um, I was pretty selfless, uh, selfish, not selfless. We talked about that last week, right? Being less uh, selfish in our relationships. I was pretty selfish, I knew how I wanted the music to sound, and I knew how I thought it should be played. And I would say this morning, if we want to have a working definition for compassion, this would be it. If compassion is putting aside your wants to meet someone else's needs, um, I was the opposite of compassionate, all right? I just, I just wasn't very compassionate. I usually made the band all about me, all about my wants and, and my desires. I wanted the music to sound and be played how I wanted it to sound. And because of this, we got in a few fights over the very thing that should bring us together. We got in fights about the music, and we got in fights over our friendship. But even though we had some arguments and fights, we always made it right in the end until someone quit the band and started a new band. And, you know, that happens too. The band always breaks up. Reconciliation is simply making a relationship right again. That's what, re- that's what reconciliation is. It's, it's making a relationship right again. It's all about fixing what's broken and removing the separation that exists, maybe because of conflict, but it can be a lot of other reasons as well. You know, arguing and fighting with the people that you truly care about, the people that you truly love, it can feel like the oxygen has been sucked out of the room. It's hard to breathe when, when there's conflict in our lives. But when things are resolved, it feels like you can breathe again. I would say that there are, are few things in this world that are, uh, give you as good of a feeling as when you're able to resolve conflict. You know, it feels like you can breathe again. In Ephesians chapter 2, um, verses 11 and 12, we, we get a picture of the conflict that exists in our lives when we're outside of Christ. It gives us a picture of the human condition and really uh, where every person is outside of a relationship with Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. This would be anyone who wasn't Jewish, who didn't have the written word of the Old Testament at the time. It says you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. Imagine being called that name. (laughs) So you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. I think every person in this room today probably knows someone who's living life right now 
without God and without hope. Before a person has a personal relationship, a sincere faith in Jesus, they're living their life separated from God because of sin. And that's why reconciliation is so crucial. I would say this is a foundational truth that has to be understood before believing in Jesus. You know, when I was living my life outside of Christ, God actually used a worship leader named Justin Mann to tell me about these amazing truths and to tell me about the free gift of grace and forgiveness that's in Jesus. I think I've shared this with you before, but I was just at a church camp one summer, and I loved music. I have since fifth or sixth grade. And, and this worship leader, for whatever reason, the words that he said just clicked. For the first time, I heard the gospel presented clearly in a way that I could understood it. And when everybody else came forward to say they wanted to believe in Jesus, man, I ran out the back door. I remember sitting outside, it was pouring rain, and I just, for the first time in my life, got a pretty clear picture for how I could understood it of where I was at in life and why I needed Jesus. We all know people who don't have a personal and sincere faith in Jesus. And in today's text, we're reminded that God calls all believers to help reconcile other people to Jesus. These are people who don't yet believe. We help bring people to Jesus so that a severed relationship can be made right. We help bring people to Jesus because that's what he calls us to do. In a moment... We're going to talk about some of the practical application of what it means to, to, to reconcile others to Jesus. But I think a great place to start is this, just in its simplest form, is that as we continue to read God's word, we get to know God a little bit more intimately. We become more familiar with the mission and the plan that he has in our lives. And then we continue to pray for opportunities to share Jesus with others. You know, telling others about Christ is a, is a privilege that God has entrusted us with. He's given us that responsibility, and he's entrusted us with that. This morning, you might not feel 100% confident about sharing your faith with other people. And I want to say that's okay, because God is able to use you right where you're at. In fact, as we read from Genesis to Revelation, we, we often see that God uses uh, the nobodies, or the people that feel like they're not good enough, or the people who, who doubt themselves. God gets a hold of those people, and he uses them for something amazing. We have to remember the promise that Jesus is always with us, giving us direction and giving us strength to help carry out the mission. He doesn't tell us what to do and then send us off on our own. He's with us. You help reconcile people to Jesus. The third and final thing that I want to talk about today is that um, you, can, you can actually be prepared to share Jesus with others. You can be prepared to share about Jesus uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, we read these words. It says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. And then listen to this. Uh, but do so, do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, They'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Jesus. So if someone asks, asks us about the hope that we have, we should be ready to explain it. I think some people stop there and, you know, you see people all the time kind of harassing people, standing on street corners, doing, 
bunch of shenanigans. Scripture goes on to say we should think about ways to do this in a gentle and respectful way, but we should still do it. That's what we're called to do. Peter is addressing Christians. If you, if you begin to understand the context here, these Christians who were being persecuted physically for their faith, And in this section of scripture, he's encouraging them and us to stand firm in the truth, to stand firm in Christ. And even though we might not face a lot of physical persecution in this country, we are going to face other forms of persecution for our faith. Peter is encouraging us with this truth. Regardless of what's going on in our lives, we can trust Jesus, and we, we should be willing and ready to tell others about what he's done in our lives. We should be ready. We can be prepared. These verses tell us to be prepared for the reason for our hope in Jesus. Does that mean that you're going to have all the answers about your faith? Absolutely not. I don't think anybody here would say they have all the answers. But because you've already received God's grace and forgiveness in your life, he wants you to be ready to tell others about how they can receive God's grace and forgiveness as well. So the question that would be on my mind this morning, and maybe it's on yours, is how how can we be prepared to tell other people about Jesus? How do we do that? I think that one of the most effective ways, and there are many ways, but one of the most effective ways to share Jesus is to share your story. One of the most effective ways to share Jesus is to share your story. Every person here has a story to tell. Regardless of what you think about your story or or your life, your story is unique. Your story is special and it's worth sharing. In fact, your story might be the way that you act as an ambassador for Jesus, helping reconcile someone else to Christ. So how can you tell your story? I think first it starts with prayer. You pray that God would give you the right words. And as you're praying through that, you begin to write those down on paper. I've I've found that writing things down helps clarify things for me. You write it down and you you become, in, in a way, familiar with your own story. And then you begin to look for opportunities to share, either informally or formally. So... Again, going a little deeper with this, how do you begin to articulate your story? How do you, how do you write that out? How do, you, how do you do that in an effective way? I think a great way to articulate your story is to do it in, in three simple steps. What was your life like before you met Jesus? What was your life like meeting Jesus for the first time? What kind of difference did he make? And what is God doing in your life right now? So, so what was your life like before meeting Jesus? What was your life like meeting Jesus for the first time? And what is your life like now? It can be as simple as that. We, we had this conversation in the office this week that um, our story also doesn't have to just be our, our story of, of coming to Christ, a, a story of, of salvation. It can be our story with what God's doing in your life right now. Again, you can, you can address an issue that you're facing or something that's going on in your family. And we talk about ways that, that what your life was like before, what Jesus is did how he intervened in what your life is like now. The important thing is that you're honest. The important thing is that you allow God to speak through you and your story. In fact, I want to do this this week as we close. I want to challenge every person here today at some point in this next week to write out your story. I would venture to guess that not many of us have done that before, but if you have, you can, you can help somebody else do theirs as well. But take time this week 
and write out your story. What was your life like before Christ? How did he intervene and, and change your life, get a hold of your life? And what is your life like now? I want to challenge you to write out your story and then begin to pray and look for ways to share that with other people. Remember, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, our story should give the reason for our hope. And we should tell it with gentleness and respect. We should always be ready to share Jesus with others. So in Christ, we have this awesome opportunity to tell other people about Jesus and what he's done for us. And I've found, whether it's through scripture or the stories that I've heard in the church, that to reach people who don't yet know him, Jesus works through people who already follow him. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. He's given you this task. It's a privilege to share our faith with others. So to recap today, Amazing truths. This is the the job description for the church. You're an ambassador for Christ. When you're in Christ, you help represent Jesus to the rest of the world. In Christ, you reconcile people for Jesus. There is a, a conflict there, a strained relationship, and you help bring people to Jesus so that that relationship can be dealt with and made right again. It can be restored. And you can be prepared to share about Jesus. That's not just my job or, or the elder's job or our ministry team leader's job. Individually, you've been given that task. Sometimes faith will leave and, and go do something, and maybe, maybe I'm watching the kids, and there's certain things. She doesn't always give me a list of things to do. and In fact, more times than not, she doesn't. But sometimes I've got things that I need to do around the house, and she'll come back, and what do you think her response would be if she came back, and not only did I not accomplish the task, but I left things worse off than they were when she left? <laughs> I think sometimes we do that as the church. I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. I think sometimes not only do we, do we grab a hold of the task and run with it and, and accomplish the mission that God's given us, but sometimes we're leaving it worse off than he left it with, to us. Because we make it about us. You know, we make it about our comfort and, and what we want. And that's not the mission. That's not the goal. God's given us this task. We're, we're, we're to represent Jesus as his ambassadors. We're, we have the task of reconciling others to him, and we should be prepared to share our story. When I see Jesus face to face, I, I want to be able to say, I did the things that you asked me to do, the things that you commanded me to do. Scripture says that's how, we, that's how he knows that we, we love Jesus. We obey his commands. This is a command that God's given the church. But I think it goes beyond just a task and, and, you know, taking out the trash or cleaning up around the house. It shouldn't be viewed that way. This should come from a place of joy. Remember, Paul talks to the, the church in Corinth, and he's telling them about what Jesus has done in their lives. And that should motivate them. That, that should challenge them to go to the places that he's called them to go. Man, let's, let's be a church that is on fire about sharing our story with other people. Your story is unique. And it just highlights and illustrates who God is and what he's done. It's an amazing thing. This week, write out your story. Pray about how you can share it with others. You know, this whole series is about sharing our faith. And I think this is a crucial step in, in growing in faith. That's what this whole series is all about, is about growth. So let's be a church that loves to represent Jesus. Loves to share Jesus, the hope of the world, with others.